Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. This is our opposition preview for Aston Villa v Arsenal on Saturday. I'm delighted to be joined by Alex from The Different Knock. How are you, mate? Mate, very well. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, I think, I think we're both doing pretty well at the minute. So when you're yes. talking about like football <laughs> terms, it's like your answer's not going to be no, is it so? Um, but yeah, so we, like we always do on these episodes, we're going to get a real big feel of, of how everything's going at Arsenal. So how's the season been so far? Yeah, um, well, firstly, just I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a, an amazing game. I think you guys, I watched you guys last night against um, against City. I was so impressed. You look, yeah, amazing. I think, you know, obviously we've having uh, had the, uh, the you and I experience, uh, we know what that can be. Um, and obviously it's pitfalls as well, which maybe we can get into. But uh, but yeah, I think, you know, in terms of the intensity of how you played, in terms of how you stopped City turning, in terms of how you, yeah, just second, they were second best to everything and credit to you. Um, yeah, look, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think at the moment um, we are, where are we? We're, we obviously had the difficult game against uh, Luton the other night, which was uh, concerning. I, to be honest, I think that was more of a tactical thing. I think we, we really struggled. Essentially, I won't bore everyone with Arsenal's entire game model, but essentially, mm-hmm. normally people know obviously about Zinchenko coming inside. We didn't play Zinchenko. Mm-hmm. And what it meant was Erdegaard and Jesus got sucked back further up the pitch. We just had no one in the final third. So every time we got there, we were just massively overloaded. overloaded. We played a guy called Kivio, um, who I really rate, but uh, yeah, kind of slightly struggled. But yeah, so that was, I felt it was a, a tactical thing, but we got bailed out by uh, by Rice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I'm, I'm not necessarily one to be... Um, to rely on these things because I don't really like it. The idea of, you know, you know, title winners or, you know, that's the sign of mm-hmm. sign of title winners that you go out and do that when it's, you know, the odds are against you. I don't like winning like that. But the fact that we are winning like that is is encouraging. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a really, really tough test against you guys um, on Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I think you see that, that point that you make about how you are winning a few games. And we, we've been a little bit similar. So we sort of came back against Bournemouth and we ended up drawing that game. Yeah. Um, and, and we've come back in a, in a couple of games like Spurs. We were poor first half. We came back to win that game. Yep. And I think over the course of a season, you kind of you have those moments and you, you have to have them. But you don't want to keep having them because yep. eventually there's going to come a point where you don't get the winner or you don't get that point. So... How, how do you feel feel about that? Do you, is that a bit of a concern that that's what's happening with Arsenal? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, to be honest. I think we've been, last season, I, I describe it like we've, we we had this, I've got this analogy about a business. We had this brilliant business idea that was really, really working. And then one supplier fell down and everything toppled. And obviously, your your ideal is to have you know a diverse a diverse business. You want a loads, you know you you want to have stocks in this and that and whatever. So it doesn't really matter what actually happens. You can kind of ride the wave. And I think that's sort of what Arsenal are doing this season. We're finding different ways to play, game to game. You know, last season it was very very clear. We had a very clear starting eleven. We had Zinchenko come into the team for the first time, which completely changed how we build up, how we approach teams. Um, and we kept a lot of our players fit in that first start of the season, and it really, really worked. You know, we were, I think, we were the last team to beat you at Villa Park and stuff like that. You know, we were, we had an incredible season, but it fell down just at that last moment with 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 um, Saliba and uh, and Tomiyasu. 
And I think, yeah, the the impact of the problem is it goes back to blaming Rob Holding, which is not it's not his fault. But he's <laughs> not the player. You know, he can't get a game for Palace. You know, he, he's not the player who's who can who can get you over the line. But that proves that one when one player or two players get injured, that tells you you're too flimsy. You can't. You know, if one player falls down, what are you gonna do? Just just not challenge. You know, you've got you've got to find a different way. So I think last last summer and this season has been about finding different ways to win. One of which is, yeah, going back to what you're saying, is those late winners and, you know, staying, sticking to the end and the kind of the characteristics of Arsenal under sort of late, late Wenger. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a disease, late Wenger. <laughs> um, the, you know, the characteristics of Arsenal under, under late Wenger, we were a bit floppy. We were a bit flimsy. We were a little bit chaotic and, and would bottle things at the last minute. And it's a shame that this Arsenal team were considered bottlers because I think from, from an external perspective, I understand it, but you know, it's a shame because I think this actually, this team has a lot of character and a lot of fight. So we can, we can uh, go out and, and win games in that way. That said, uh, it is concerning. And, you know, we've been trying to find different ways to, to get the attack clicking. We faced a lot of low blocks. We've had to really grind out results but, and the final thing, is that actually our front, it's called our front six, so Saka, Jesus, Martinelli, Rice, Erdegaard and Havertz, the first time they played together was that Wolves game a couple of weeks ago. So that, that has been a big problem. And, and again, maybe from an external perspective, not something that's often considered that, um, yeah, they, they haven't been got together. We're, we're finding different ways, um, but yeah, we're still in the process, even, even now working out exactly how we attack. Yeah, and I think one of the big things, the evolution of Arsenal from last season would be Declan Rice in there as well. I mean, he's absolutely sensational. He's probably one of my favourite players in the Premier League from like looking at it from like outside of, of Aston Villa. Um, you've touched on sort of like Zinchenko going in midfield and making up that too. Tommy Asu is a bit of a big blow at the minute because he's been playing that role pretty well for you. And against Luton, it was kind of Rice in there on his own. Yep. So is that basically because of the injuries or is that sort of like a different variation of how you can play? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this is the thing. I think what is exciting, but also, you know, you don't always get it right as we didn't against Luton is that we can play in different ways. And as you mentioned, yeah, so we've had Tommy Asu on the left. We've had Kivior on the left. We've had Zinchenko in there. We're managing Zinchenko's minutes a lot better this season. He got injured quite a lot last season. Rice can play as your pivot. He can play as your eight. He can play, you know, either side. Um, and also on, on the right-hand side um, uh, of defence as well, we've had we've had a few a few shifts around here and there as well. So, yeah, I it, it just depends on the game. It just depends what we're doing. I imagine for this Saturday, we will see. It's it's a possibility. I think because of how intense you guys are, and because we're away, we might start with Jorginho in there and have Rice a little bit further up the pitch to deal with those kind of more physical battles against. I'm presuming it will be Kamara, Louise, and who do you reckon? McGinn. Yeah, Tielemans. maybe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I th I think it's you know it's maybe Tielemans aside uh, from an external perspective, it's quite a it's a quite an intense midfield. So um. So yeah, I uh. Yeah, I'm expecting Rice to play, obviously. It just depends. It just depends on where you want them on the pitch. And as I say, for Arsenal, it's exciting to have all these different ways of playing and not be stuck in this kind of rigid, this is how we do it every single week. Equally, that can, you know, that can cause us some issues. Yeah, and sort of without saying, I mean, obviously aspirations are to win the league, but what, what where's the Arsenal fan base at? Like, what's a, a really good season? Oh, well, I personally have said, and this is a, a tip for life, guys. 
bet against yourself because either way you win. <laughs> I've said uh, we're going to come second, um, but I, I do believe. To ooh, that, that's probably the the more pertinent question. I thought I thought City at the beginning of the season, but that's a really more pertinent question. I still think you know our best eleven. Our average age is still the second lowest in the Premier League. It's twenty four point four. I still feel we've got some growing to do. I still feel we the squad depth. We probably just need one or two more. We were at three or four last season. We probably now need one or two. It's just that final, you know, is it a striker or is it, a, you know, I don't know who it is, but just one more um, to kind of deal with the, the demands of all four competitions. Um, I think the fan base, yeah, look, I, I, I'm person, I'm, I'm probably not in the, in the majority in the sense that I think there's a lot of people who think, look, we have to win it this season or else. This project under Arteta has been going on a long time, so I, I completely understand those people. But for me personally, you can never make any guarantees in football, but Arteta has the club by the absolute... I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but you know... You know, <laughs> you you can, know yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has, he, has, he, has, he has them by the balls. You know, this is this is Mikel's club. He, if he wants to stay, he'll stay. And if he wants to go, he'll go. And I guarantee you, this guy's not going to leave the club until he delivers major silverware. So I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. And, mm. and you know, if if that's, I'm not, you know, not forever, but I do still think there is some some space for us to develop, to be consistently, you know, we're, we're asking, we're asking to be competing with Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, all those clubs and Man City and Liverpool, etc. at the top of the Premier League, and maybe you guys soon. You know, we're asking to do that, right? But at the same time, we've probably only had one summer where we've been in the position to go out and get the very best players in the world. That was last summer. And even then, there was probably a few question marks over whether we could sustain it. So, you know, we weren't in the conversation for Jude Bellingham. We aren't in the conversation for Mbappe. Until we can, and I think we will be, hopefully, next summer in the conversations for the very, very best players in the world, I think we're still just that that margin off I think yeah to, to answer the question I think most fans would expect to win this season um or hope to win at least um but but I still think most people even if we came second with a, a good showing would would support would support the manager yeah so a manager that didn't have sort of complete control then Arsenal would be mm. Unai Emery maybe um mm. whereas at Villa he literally has got full control brought yep. in Monchi um We've got now a stake in his club, Raul Union, um, and we've just built the whole thing around him yeah. now. So what what was his time like at Arsenal? Because you hear, like, you know, whenever whenever someone speaks about Villa and what's been happening, he's sort of like an Emery. It's been, he's good, but his time at Arsenal, or he's this, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so what, what were your thoughts? Well, someone pointed out to me earlier on that, if you if if a club has the name, has the word Villa in it, he'll do well. Sevilla, Villa, <laughs> yeah. Villa, and Villarreal. Definitely, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good point. Um, so maybe that was the problem. Look, first first and foremost, I, I, I can't speak for Arsenal fans, but for me personally, I have so much respect for Will Emery. I don't think it, I think you can have a fantastic appointment and a great manager and a great person, and it be the wrong time. It's like a relationship, isn't it? You know, sometimes you have. Yeah you know, you can meet the exactly the right person. They're amazing. You're just in the wrong stage of your life. And it's just one of those things. And I think Unai had a really hard job following following uh, Arsene. I think you're right that the club wasn't set up necessarily. You know, for example, there was a famous thing for Arsenal. He wanted Zaha. We went and got Pepe. You know, he, he wasn't given necessarily what he wants. But it is so... And also, I, you know, I will say this, I think a lot of Arsenal fans disrespected him in terms of, you know, he tried to give his first, you know... Um, 
trying to learn Spanish at the minute myself. It's not easy, lads. It's not easy. And he tried. He gave his first press conference in in English and and tried all that. And obviously, a lot of the fan base kind of mocked his accent and stuff. And yeah, I, I think he's a really principled, decent, good bloke, and I'm really happy to see him doing well. And I think at Villa, he's found somewhere where, personally, I think f- for what Unai does, I think there's a cap. I think if you look at, you know, I was just looking at your expected goals against numbers before we came on. I think Unai will always have your attack firing. There will always be something. He can always get that going. It's just the question of whether he, that sacrifice of of control, sometimes of games. There was this famous game for Arsenal where we conceded 30 goals against Watford, who were like bottom of the league. Sorry, 30 goals, 30 shots, sorry. Um, and uh, and yeah, like that's that's a kind of memory that, that, that uh, lingers long in, the, in an Arsenal mind. I love Unai. I think he's a fantastic manager. I think he's perfect for Villa as you guys push into those slots. I think he's great for that. You know, playing Europa League football, hopefully getting you into Champions League, you know, that sort of stuff and being given control. And yeah, it's just it's just great to see him finding a home and a place somewhere, which is, yeah, I'm really, really glad to see it. So what have you what have you made of Aston Villa then before we get into sort of like the actual game? What from afar, what have you made of us? Well, been really impressed. I, th- I saw a clip yesterday of uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, first day of the season, being asked who, who's impressed him and, and and it was Villa. Yeah, I think, look, I felt for a long time that there is clearly a a massive ambition uh, for Villa. And there is everywhere. You know, there's there's massive ambitions everywhere. There's massive ambition at Bournemouth. There's massive ambition at Brighton. You know, they, everyone wants to be, you know, in the European slots. But I think the um, there's clearly been some good business. Do, do you know what? I think you're... Transfer-wise, after let's maybe use Brighton and Brentford, I think Villa are in that next category in terms of how well you recruit. I think you, you know, I look at players like Douglas Luiz, who I would happily have at Arsenal, absolutely happily to have him on, probably would start for Arsenal. Um, I look at players like Pau Torres. I think Pau Torres is a fantastic player. Uh, obviously, you guys got uh, Martinez offers and he's he's doing well for you, although I don't, <laughs> don't massively love him on a personal level. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ollie Watkins, I, I think if... I don't think there's many better finishers from a, from the wide channels than Ollie Watkins in world football. I think he's, I think he, in, in terms of, I mean, he's one of the only players who's ever done Saliba in that game at Villa Park, dragging him wide and shooting across the keeper. There's there's not many players who can do that as well. So yeah, recruitment wise, fantastic. And, and the decisions have been really good. Um, and it just, you know, I don't want to be a football purist and it's not to discredit anything that Man City or Chelsea do, but there is something so nice about a proper club feeling like it's, you know, really community oriented and really lots of people, you know, feel like they, they are connected to the club in a, in a long rooted historic way. It's nice to see a club like that doing well. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really rooting for you guys, obviously not to come above (laughs) us, but, but yeah, rooting for you. So yeah, big game on Saturday. First v third, which I mean, any Villa fan going into December would yeah. think saying that at the start of the season's mental. But yeah, I mean, we're going for 15 Premier League wins in a row at home. You guys are flying. It's going to be a tough game because yeah. even because of what the back of what we've just done, you know, that was that took probably a lot out of us. And I'm not yeah. trying to make excuses by saying, you know, we might not be as good, but how do you see the game going then in your mind? How 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 does it pan out? Well, I th- I think it would be it would be wrong of both teams not to 
not to essentially stick to their strengths. And I think for, for Villa, again, this is from an external perspective. I don't watch every single one of your games, only, only when Arsenal aren't on. It looks like your strength is you you've sat a little bit further up. It feels it feels like from from previous seasons, you're 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 trying to win the ball back very quickly. And it feels like your first thing is to go quite direct into Watkins. And I think the first half an hour of that game, you know, 5:30 under the lights, Villa Park, you know, I think it's the only game on at that time, so everyone's watching. I I, I think it would be wrong of Emery not to say, look, first half an hour, let's absolutely go after them. You know, why why not? You know, what have we got to lose? We're third. They're 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 in our in our house, no one expects us to be here. It's up against his own his old club, you know. Uh, you know who hasn't got something to prove there. Memi Martinez has got something to prove. Douglas Luiz has got something to prove, having not you know that move not worked out. Watkins, I was interested. You know, there's there's so much incentive, and I think from the flip side, for Arsenal, sometimes Mikel can be a little bit. Um, he can be a little bit too uh, sticking to, to, to his ideas and wanting to show kind of, okay, this is how we play. This is how we play. I want us to try and adapt specifically for that first sort of half an hour, 20 minutes. Because I, I, I suspect you guys will come out the blocks firing. Sometimes he wants to, you know, still play out from the back, still keep the principles or whatever. But if you guys can stop City turning in the way you did and stop them connecting inside, stop them connecting out wide. So who was, who was your left back the other night? Just Luca Dean. Honestly. He just would not let, uh, I think it was Bernardo Silva turn. Literally, whenever Bernardo Silva got the ball, straight into him. Mm-hmm. And that, that I think will be the, the message again. So I want us to, you know, try something a little bit different. I want us to try and go to Havertz long a little bit or try, um, you know, tr- just just not necessarily panicking. It feels like a game where we're going to make a mistake in the build-up. You're going to pounce on it. You're going to score. It's going to be 2-0 in a flash. And we're sort of uh, climbing out the game. After that's over, I think we can begin to control the game a little bit more and then and then try and suffocate you a little bit and step up. And I think at that point our quality might show. But if you can make that first 20 minutes count, I think there's a there's a real possibility. I think it's one of them where like just, anything can happen. Like it's, yeah. I feel like it's, and, and I think there'll be I think there'll be quite a lot of goals. Whatever the yeah. whatever the scoreline, I, I can see both teams scoring. Uh you know, I think it can possibly get quite chaotic to be fair so yeah the, um, the phrase we have is basketball match and i and i mm. and i do think it could turn into a basketball match if we're if we're not careful and i i don't want it to be because we're not very good at basketball and you guys are <laughs> well we'll end it there then cool uh so it's been great chatting to you alex and i'll put um your channel in, all over this episode in the title sure. in the description and that so um hopefully have a good season mate thank you thank you